In today's show, we look ahead to Saturday. There are five games on, and we've got a perfect streaming situation evolving in the next four days. So let's talk about it, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we've got five, to, uh, five games here, yeah, five games on Saturday. Quite a few of them are teams with a Friday, Saturday back-to-back, so a little bit of unknown stuff there. But we'll talk about streaming options. We'll talk about who's good ads for Saturday. But also, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday are all lower-volume days. So we've got a little four-game stretch of streaming options. So we'll look at which teams get the boost there and which players you can maximize your um, value in by adding them across those four days. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. Celtics and Spurs. First game. This is a back-to-back for San Antonio. So I was going to say we'll get somewhat of an idea of what their team looks like without Vassell, but we've seen it. Vassell's literally missed three of the last four games, and what we saw was nothing consistent at all. One night, it was big for Trey Jones. One night, it was big for Josh Richardson. One night, it was big for Romeo Langford. Um, One night, it was dreadful for Jeremy Sohan. Uh, It's all over the place. Now, I know the immediate reaction is, well, Sohan just gets all of the usage, and maybe that happens. But I think he's the one to add over Richardson and Langford. I've talked about this yesterday. But we literally saw the last time that they played, without Devin Vassell, he had 7% usage. So... It is very far from a guarantee that Sohan gets this gigantic boost in usage and becomes this awesome, consistent 12-team category league player. I would add him over Richardson and I would add him over Langford, but just understand that we have seen this. We, we have seen it already and there's no guarantee that this is what happens. All right? So we know Vassell's out. We know this. Josh Richardson is listed probable for... or actually, I think he's in because he was questionable for the game on... Um, on Friday, but he's been, I think he's been upgraded to probable or in. Let me just double check that. Yeah, he's been upgraded to in, but the last time we saw the Spurs play a back-to-back, Richardson did sit one of those games and McDermott sat as well. So are they going to play this game? I don't know, especially with Richardson dealing with quad contusion. I reckon there is a risk that he does not play. Just be aware of that because he sat there last back-to-back. He was injury designated on Friday. So he might not play Saturday. For the Celtics, I want to see Malcolm Brogdon, who he was dead to us. Like the minutes were gone. They disappeared. He played 17, 17, 21. He missed with an illness, played 20. And, All right, what's, what's this? And then 26 and 25 in the last two games. So the problem lies with a bunch of these players. Grant Williams, Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, in that their playing time is just all over the place. The other thing is that the last two games have been gigantic blowouts. 33 points against the Thunder as a loss and 29-point victory against the Mavericks. So I don't really know what to make of Brogdon. 
I think he's fine as a streamer. But the pattern was 30 minutes for Derek White, 18, 19 minutes for Malcolm Brogdon. And the last two games, we've seen blowouts and Brogdon's minutes and White's foul trouble push up. So consistency not there. I still lean towards, hey, when things were normal, when they weren't blowouts, when there wasn't foul trouble, Brogdon didn't play. We played few, very few minutes. So therefore, I can't see that he's a must-roster player. And he is very highly overrepresented on fantasy teams. But there's only five games on. So if you've got him, you hold him through this and let's get another idea of what the rotation looks like. Now, this could be a blowout again and he plays 26 minutes because they play Jalen Brown 28 minutes and White plays 22 or something like that. That's a distinct possibility. Also watch Al Horford, who I continue to remain confused about. The last two games, his minutes have been down. He's really only providing positive value in um, uh, blocks with some rebounds this season. He's obviously a big negative in scoring. His free throws are well down. He hasn't been a top 100 player this season, only if you count turnovers, which you know that I, I don't think, I think that overvalues him significantly. And it's trending downwards. But finding a starting center with Horford's ability is really hard on the waiver wire. So I, I get if you drop him, I am more stubborn and I will hold. But I, I think he is trending towards a drop. It's been 40 games and he's still not really there. He's had some ups and downs for sure. But let's see what happens. The 22-24 minutes last game while Grant Williams is playing a little bit more and Rob Williams is there is a concern or is that just blowout management? Is he back to... Because he's an important player. Is it back to 30 minutes next game? Is he back to producing good numbers? I honestly don't know what to expect. I get the people who have dropped him. I actually don't have any criticism for you. I don't think it's the wrong move. If you've held him, I also, also don't think it's the wrong move. It's very borderline to me in terms of where he is. And But the th one thing I will say about Horford is that his value is really specific. Like, it's got to be the right team. It's got to... Like, you add him to a team that is sort of usually pretty competitive in points, and Horford's on your team where you lose that category most weeks. You've got to be on a team where you don't really care about points that much because the average of, a, of points in a fantasy matchup is about 17 per player, per game, and he averages eight. So to make up for that, to get back to average... You need you know, multiple players averaging 20 plus. And it's hard to find three to four 20 point per game scorers to get to that number. And, and that's something you need to deal with. But the Spurs, I do want to watch the Richardson, Sohan, Branham, maybe Wesley, maybe Langford. There's five different blokes who could potentially pick up minutes, not Sohan, he's already getting minutes, pick up minutes and usage with Vassell now ruled out. But again, we've seen it. We've seen Vassell's absence and it's been nothing consistent. So what happens? Again, I prioritize Sohan over Richardson and over um, Branham and over Langford, but I don't think that they're all absolutely drop everything must-grab guys. I don't think Sohan's fine to grab, but I don't think he's a must-grab guy. Let's go to the next game. Um, the Pelicans and the Mavericks. This is a back-to-back -back for New Orleans. The Mavericks are seven-point favorites. I'm expecting that Brandon Ingram will be out again, but that is not official. I'm just ruling him out. I just don't. I thought we would have heard something for, to see that he would be back, but no, not at this point. Zion's going to be out. I know that. Finney Smith is out and Josh Green is out. Um, Larry Nance is questionable for Friday, so his status on Saturday is still not there. Well, they have ruled Luka Doncic as probable. Oh, stunning. Yeah. So hopefully he's okay to go. He did not look right in that game against Boston at all. And now he's dealing with this ankle problem, which has bothered him a little bit throughout the season and, of course, last season. So on the Pelicans, it's a back-to-back -back situation. We already know the options we're looking at there. It's Najee Marshall, really. Yeah, uh, 
Murphy, Jones, Marshall. There's your priority list there. On the Mavs, they waived Kemba Walker. All right, that's cool. Kemba struggled. He had that one big game, but we know that his knees can't handle it. And part of the reason that they sort of said that they wanted to do that is to maybe give more minutes to Jaden Hardy. Now, someone asked me, is he a luxury stash? I don't really think that's the case. Like, he's so far, coming from so far back to get into, like, what does he need to do? Overtake Nilakina? Okay, easy to do. Easy to do. Um, Josh Green, who, when he returns. Finney Smith, Block, Hardaway, Dinwiddie. There's just too many guys there. There's too many different options for him to be able to overtake. And realistically, he's a scorer with not much else. So, yeah, look, in a 20-team league, take a flyer on Jaden Hardy. He was really good last game. And we definitely want to watch what he looks like here. But his path to standard league relevance, it's not entirely clear at this stage. Like, he, he feels a long way off that. There will be moments where he has big games. Absolutely. But I'd like to see Kidd actually commit to playing him instead of McKinley Wright or Frank Nilakina for a consistent period of time and then see where he fits in that rotation, because I'm not there yet. Tim Hardaway stunk last game, but the minutes continue to be there. 37, 37, 37. The last three games, probably gets 37 again. And they've got a Saturday, Sunday back-to-back here. So, yes, he's going to blow up your percentages, but he might have a night where he hits 60% and goes 28 points with seven triples. That is the Tim Hardaway experience, basically all the time. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. In 2023, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that all your success depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences that you need to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data to quickly attract candidates, qualified candidates to um, from your job post using data from your company and their 870 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. To post your job for free, terms and conditions apply. The next game is the Jazz and the Bulls. This is a back-to-back for Chicago. So um, we'll get some more data from them on, um, on Friday. In terms of injury statuses here, Colin Sexton is out for the Jazz. Alonzo Ball is out for the Bulls, while both Alex Caruso and Javante Green are currently listed questionable for Friday's action. And of course, if Caruso is out, then Desumu gets the boost and Kobe White gets a boost. If Javante Green is out, Patrick Williams is going to play tons of minutes. If Green plays, then Williams' minutes maybe go down. And Williams was great against the Nets. 38 minutes in that game. Played 27 and 21 the game, two games before that. So again, it's not, it's not a trend for those big minutes. On the Jazz, I want to see Oshai Agbaji. They were really complimentary of what he did. He shot 80%. I think it was all in the fourth quarter, um, those points that he scored. He looks to have a role at the moment ahead of Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Let's see if they play him more than the 18 minutes they played him last game and whether that translates into something useful for fantasy. I am very, very much doubtful, but it's worth looking at with the Jazz having a Saturday-Sunday back-to-back especially in like 16-teamers, Agbaji might be worth a, sh- a sneaky stream there. Also watch Kelly Linick. A lot of people have given up. I'm dropping him. I'm not. Simple as that. Why? Because I know what Kelly Linick can do. 
He's in a massive shooting slump at the moment over the last, say, three weeks. He is getting in a lot of foul trouble, and that can be consistent. But steals, blocks, assists, rebounds. He can hit threes. The, the role isn't changing. He's not losing his role at any point in the near future. So this is a slump. He is still top 80 for the season, and I'm writing it out. And if you don't want to do it, that's totally fine. But I'm telling you, I'm still going to say he's a hold for you know, a, a, quite a decent amount of time. So let's see. Does he make me look like a dickhead, or does he prove me right in this game? We will find out. Hopefully, he proves me right. On to the Magic and the Warriors. Huge news. Andre Iguodala is going to play for the first time all season. Wow. Didn't expect that. What we do know in Orlando is that we've still got Bowl out due to health and safety protocols. John Isaac's out. Jumra Keke's out. Um, Seth, uh, Seth, not Seth. Steph Curry is out for the Warriors. Kaminga's out. Wiseman's out. But we might get the return of Andy Wiggins, who's been out for weeks with a groin injury slash illness. On the Magic, I want to see Jalen Suggs. He played five minutes last game on his minutes restriction. There is no way that his minutes restriction was five. There's no way. That makes no sense. So what is he going to do? How much is he going to play? How are they going to prioritize using him um, in this situation? I, I honestly, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, and I'm really interested in seeing it. I don't believe, I like Jalen Suggs, I don't believe that he is someone you have to have in a 12-team league because of all the other players around there and his issues with percentages. I just don't see it. I also want to see Cole Anthony, who played only 22 minutes last game with Suggs back, with Harris starting. What do they do with Anthony? Is he strictly just a backup behind Fultz? He shot really poorly. I don't think he made a single shot outside of free throws. So where does Cole fit? He is a soft hold because of this great three-game in four-night schedule. But after that, I'm really not thinking it's going to be the case. For the Warriors, Dante DiVincenzo, he struggled last game. We might have Wiggins back here, and then we're going to have Steph back in about a week, maybe probably on Friday. So DiVincenzo's value is coming to an end. He still played 34 minutes, and he's played at least 34 minutes in his last four games. That probably does drop with Wiggins out, but with Kaminga and Green and Wiseman all still out, there is still a chance for Dante to play 30, and he's probably, with only five games on, worth having, even if Wiggins plays. I also want to watch Clay Thompson, whose usage has been sky high. His minutes have been sky high. Does Wiggins' return change that? Or is Clay going to just be chucking at a gigantic level? He's been a little bit up and down with some of his percentages at times over the season. But at the moment, everything is pushing up. How does that adjust when Wiggins returns? That is something we need to find out. The Lakers and the Kings is the next game, and that is the last game of the day. No spread or total for this one. The Lakers are on a back-to-back. On -back. We know Davis will be out. We know Lonnie Walker's out for at least two weeks, as is Austin Reeves. Obviously, you don't need to roster either of those guys in 10 or 12-team leagues. And honestly, with an injury, probably not in 14-team leagues either. And it is a back-to-back. -back. How will LeBron's ankle go? Because he's listed probable. He had an illness that he missed the game earlier in the week. He sat out quite a few back-to-backs this season. Does he play on Saturday against the Kings? That is going to be a question that we don't know. Troy Brown is also out on Friday. He might be available to play. And because if there's no Reeves, no Walker, their wing depth is nothing. They already have no wings, and now they're all out. So if LeBron and Brown are out, holy shit, I don't know what they're going to do. It's going to be Max Christie playing 30 minutes a night. Like, honestly... It probably is. They did sign Sterling Brown to a 10-day, so maybe he plays. He might have to with all those guys out. I think, yeah, I think he almost definitely has to get some minutes with, um, with those guys um, out. So we'll see. Um, Malik Monk also questionable from the Kings. 
On the Kings, I want to watch the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Last few games from him have been really strong. I still don't think that he's a priority 12-team ad. You know my thoughts on Barnes. I've been pretty clear about them. Don't have to hold him, but I think when we get fantasy playoffs or closer, he will provide value there. And then I also want to watch Malik Monk, whose numbers and production have really dipped. Is it because of this injury? Is it because of a change in structure of the rotations? Can he be any more than a streamer? It's a great stream for today, with well, for Saturday, with only five games on. We love that. But you know, if he's a 26-minute-a-night guy, he is a 12-team player. If he's a 20-minute-a-night player, he isn't. So we need to watch that. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to the NBA and college football and college basketball, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. We're going to have a look at Week 18 in the NFL. My Miami Dolphins need to win to get into the playoffs after choking away an A3 record. We are three-point favorites over the Jets in Week 18, so go and have a look at all of the odds for all the Week 18 action including an absolute cracker on Saturday, the Jaguars and the Titans. Go Jags. Hopefully they get the win and get themselves into the playoffs. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info at betonline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's look at some streaming values now. On the weekend, back-to-back Saturday, Sunday, there are two teams. It is the Jazz and the Mavericks. We've been preaching this all week about the value of the schedule here. Tim Hardaway Jr., like we might not like him and his inconsistency, but it's two games. Reggie Bullock, dreadful, but two games at decent minutes. Jaden Hardy maybe in deeper leagues. Maybe he plays in these games. Maybe Lucas sits one and Hardy has real value. And then you go to other rookies. Oshag Baji. Does he play two games? Taylor Horton Tucker. Can they get 30 combined minutes in the two games? For one waiver ad, Walker Kessler's an obvious one, but there's some other guys there. You have Malik Beasley. If he's still around, then you definitely roll with him. But these are the two teams that have the Saturday-Sunday back-to-back where you can maximize games played for waiver ads. If we're just looking at Saturday's action, Dennis Schroeder, I think, with the absences of Reeves, Walker, and Brown, and maybe LeBron on one of these days, but um, Schroeder's got that value. We know we can be inefficient, but with a lot of these players out, there is more opportunity for him. Although he hasn't been, like, he was great when LeBron was out, but with Lonnie out, he didn't necessarily step it up into big numbers, but his minutes have been up, and that's that's important to see. DiVincenzo's worth a stream. Even if Wiggins is back, I think he's still worth a stream. Kevon Looney's putting up good numbers the last couple. Mo Wagner's an interesting one. Um, do they go back to Wagner over Bumba, or do they play both of them because Bol is out? I don't know. Bumber only played eight minutes last game, even with Wagner out. So I'd expect that Mo gets the call here. So he could be a stream. Jeremy Sohan, of course, we talked about at the start of the show. Najee Marshall, without Zion and without Brandon Ingram, he's the guy there. Josh Richardson, if he plays. And Grant Williams in Boston for deeper leagues. Let's look at Josh Richardson again. He's available everywhere. Um, Pat Beverly, Zach Collins, Jose Alvarado, Reggie Bullock, Dwight Powell, Ty Jerome, Milk, and Gary Harris can be streamers for deeper formats. And for points leagues, these guys all available in over 40% of leagues. We go to Schroeder, Kevon Looney, Jeremy Sohan, Tim Hardaway, Cole Anthony, Trey Murphy, Walker Kessler, and Najee Marshall as good stream options for points leagues. Now, the next four days are all quality games. So we don't need to find and pick out the days there of where the low volumes are because it's all there. So who are the guys that we look at over the next four days? Well, I think that Daniel Gafford and Kyle Anderson, despite playing only one game in the next four nights, are guys that you want to add because you will play them and they have some sustained value, I think. 
So they're guys to add and start. Like they're that they're that important. Um, Jalen Williams has two games, as does Dennis Schroeder over the next two two uh, over the next four nights. And I think there's enough value in those guys with absences and current form to have them and start them as well. And then we've got the guys who get the boost: Walker Kessler, Cole Anthony, Tim Hardaway, and Mo Wagner. All of these guys have three games in the next four nights. We know the Mavericks and the Jazz go Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday. The Magic go Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. So those three teams have three games in the next four nights. So Magic players, Cole Anthony, Marco Fultz, if he's still around. Uh, maybe it is Mo Wagner. Maybe it's Gary Harris. Um, if you're looking for a good start to next week, you can stream them in on Saturday and get the Monday, Tuesday back-to-back at no cost for next week. Whereas the Mavericks and Jazz guys, you get the Saturday, Sunday back-to-back this week, and then they play Tuesday next week on a low-volume day. And that will do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb up. Leave a comment down below. Subscribe and ring the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.